Okay, folks, today's podcast is called The Watchdogs Are Watching and the Creation of Badasses is Happening. April 4th, 2020 at 12.32 p.m. Um, I don't know if you've read the news lately, but uh, uh, Tucker Tucker Carlson uh, from um, Fox News, if you watch Fox News, uh, these guys are on, on the ball with information. Okay, uh, Richard Burr. I don't know who you know who Richard Burr is. Richard Burr is a, um, he sits on a board of intelligence committee, uh, intelligence, com- intelligence committee, which is, which is a top agency for seeing, overseeing the uh, intelligence agencies such as the FBI, CIA, uh, NSA, and those agencies. I mean, you have to be an elite person <clears throat> uh, to sit on those boards. I mean, you're, you're put on that board uh, to hear complaints and grievances filed against each agency. So Mr. Burr, uh, Mr. Burr was uh, just recently here, uh, caught uh, by the Department of Justice uh, with a sort of monopoly or sort of uh, kind of uh, given information uh, to the uh, or given using information uh, from the stock markets. to manipulate, move his money around, and uh, that is a crime, folks. Uh, but I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you hear uh, uh, Tucker Carlson because Tucker Carlson is a uh, he's an expert uh, news media, and he, he uh, talks about uh, Richard Burr. Uh, but along with Richard Burr, there was other three other agents, three other three other um, senators that were involved. One of them was Diane Feinstein, who is a Democrat, and uh, you know it's like. Uh, how do you go and you side with different different uh, parties, and then you go and you disclose this to to uh, to Democrats or Republicans? You know that you're going to move your money. I mean, these these people hold top jobs in the government. They hold top jobs in the Senate, and they're voted in to protect the people, not to use the people, and then uh, not being able to. Uh, Protect the people from being harmed, folks. You know, uh, these are the people that are not listening to the whistleblowers. These are the people that are ignoring it. I mean, Diane Feinstein's been in there for a long time, folks. Okay, he's been in there for a long time. Okay, so uh, I, I want you to hear the. Uh, this is Tucker Carlson on Richard Burr. Richard Burr, just one guy who was caught uh, manipulating the stock market using using uh, using information, pushing false narratives. So uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna let you hear uh, what went on and uh, how that's going here in just a minute. Once again, this was taken by uh, Tucker Carlson, who is a Fox News uh, reporter, and here we go. This is Richard, this is uh, Tucker Carlson, Richard Burr. Okay, like I said, uh, once again, this was uh, Fox News, and this is gonna be- uh, 100 years from now. Okay, let's see just a minute. <clears throat> of selling. Sell, sell, sell. Essentially, it was a cash out. In fact, it was. Two years ago, Roll Call estimated that Burr had a... Here we go. Stocks Here Burr we go, folks. For one investor in Washington, from economics, textbook. Here we go. Dr. Carlson. Welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. February 13th was a relatively quiet day on Wall Street. It's not going to be noted in any economics textbooks 100 years from now. The Dow <laughs> dropped about 100 points. But just the day before, the Dow had reached an all-time high 
so the loss didn't seem like a big deal. Overall, it was a calm, steady week in the markets. But for one investor in Washington, February 13th was packed with drama. Richard Burr is a Republican senator from North Carolina. Burr has no background in finance or investing. In fact, before being elected to Congress in 1994, Burr spent 17 years selling lawnmowers for a dealer in Winston-Salem. But on February 13th of this year, Burr seemed to develop very strong feelings about the future of American equity markets. That day, he dumped up to $1.7 million in stocks in 33 separate transactions. Burr bought nothing that day. It was a flurry of selling. Sell, sell, sell. Essentially, it was a cash out. In fact, it was. Two years ago, Roll Call estimated that Burr had a total net worth of about $1.7 million. In other words, that day in February, Richard Burr suddenly decided to sell virtually everything he owned. Many people on Wall Street probably envy him now. Pretty savvy move. So what did Richard Burr, the former lawnmower salesman, know that the financial experts did not know? Well, a lot, it turns out. Richard Burr is the chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee. On January 24th, he attended a closed-door briefing on the Chinese coronavirus. It was delivered by Dr. Anthony Fauci and the head of the CDC. Apparently, what Burr heard there spooked him. Within a short time, he acted decisively to save his family from financial harm. Unfortunately, he didn't tell the rest of us about it. In fact, he did just the opposite. Burr hid what he knew about the coronavirus threat and then lied about it at length to the nation. In a February 7th op-ed published on our website here at Fox, Burr wrote this, quote, The United States is better prepared than ever before to face emerging public health threats like the coronavirus. Better prepared than ever? Burr knew that was a lie when he wrote it. Six days later, he dumped his entire portfolio. By March 5th, a month later, coronavirus had become a full-blown crisis in Italy. Yet Richard Burr was still falsely insisting that everything was fine. He issued a statement assuring America that, quote, we have a framework in place that has put us in a better position than any other country to respond to a public health threat like the coronavirus. That was Burr's line in public. In private, he was panicked. On February 27th, before an audience at a closed speech in Washington, Burr compared coronavirus to the Spanish flu, a pandemic that killed close to 100 million people. There's one thing that I can tell you about this. It is much more aggressive in its transmission than anything that we have seen in recent history. It's probably more akin to the 1918 pandemic. For a public servant, it's pretty hard to imagine many things more immoral than doing this. Richard Burr had critical information that might have helped the people he has sworn to protect, but he hid that information and helped only himself. Instead of sounding the alarm, alerting the country, goading the government into action, as an ethical person would have done, Burr told easy lies that in the end may have killed people. And he wasn't alone in doing that. Diane Feinstein is a Democrat from California. She also sits on the Senate Intelligence Committee. In late January and early February of this year, Feinstein dumped up to $6 million worth of stock. When confronted with this fact today, Feinstein dodged. She took the strikingly unfeminist position that selling the stock was her husband's decision to make. And somehow she was not allowed to ask about it. All those confusing numbers. It's too much for a girl. Please. At times this winter, Feinstein, to her credit, did issue press releases calling attention to the seriousness of coronavirus. And again, good for her. But all of her major public statements were political. On February 4th, when every informed person in the U.S. government understood that the coronavirus was a very serious threat to the world, Feinstein spent her time giving a long speech on the Senate floor calling for Donald Trump's conviction in the impeachment trial. And then there's Kelly Loeffler, a new Republican senator from Georgia. 
Financial disclosure forms show that Lawfler sold up to $3.1 million in stock over three weeks after being privately briefed in the Senate on coronavirus. Lawfler's disclosure shows a total of 29 equities transactions. 27 of them were sales. Some of the holdings she shed were in energy, automotive, retail, and airlines. One of her two purchases was a company called Citrix, which makes teleworking software. That's a product suddenly in high demand. So that story broke last night. All these did. Unlike Richard Burr, Senator Loeffler has responded very aggressively and quickly and in some detail. She said that her holdings are managed by outside advisors. She has nothing directly to do with it and pointed to a financial disclosure that she says she received days after the transactions were made, showing that they'd gone through. It got to her on February 16th. We're happy to have Senator Loeffler join us tonight for more on the story. Welcome, Senator Loeffler. We appreciate you coming you, on. Sir. Thank you. Thank you. It's good so to be you've been here. very clear. Un unlike Senator Burr, as I said, who hasn't really explained how this happened, though I think it's pretty evident, you said right away, I, I didn't know this happened, I had nothing to do with it, I learned on February 16th. So can you tell us tonight who made, who specifically made this decision to sell these equities, and why do you think they made that decision? Well, Tucker, let me start at the beginning. When I was appointed to the Senate, what I did is I spent time with lawyers making sure I understood not only SEC requirements around being in the Senate, because I come from the private sector, I have 20 years of experience in financial services, right. but I also spent time making sure I understood the Stock Act and the rules under the Senate Ethic Committee for how we perform our financial transactions. I decided that I was going to maintain the same posture that I had. Okay, here we go. They're going to cut us. They're going to cut us off here just a minute. I just read it. Uh, like I said, uh, it's it just, it's just, it's just kind of a phenomenon. But we're going to keep on pressing on here with Tucker Carlson. Uh, we just took a little break here, and we're going to discuss also the. Uh, we're going to look at the uh, stock market act, the federal law. Look at the stock market or stock. Uh, it's called the stock act, created by uh, congressman. We'll let you hear that in just a minute. Here we go. If you spend any time driving around America recently, you may have noticed. So, my computer is being hacked here. I'm sorry, just a minute. Or more destructive. So why is this so allowed? So the they're just States? tampering with my phone right now. So. Who made, who specifically made this decision go, to sell these equities? And why do you think they made that decision? Well, Tucker, let me start at the beginning. When I was appointed to the Senate, what I did is I spent time with lawyers making sure <laughs> I understood not only SEC requirements around being in the Senate, because I come from the private sector. I have 20 years of experience in financial services. Right. But I also spent time making sure I understood the Stock Act and the rules under the Senate Ethic Committee for how we perform our financial transactions, I decided that I was going to maintain the same posture that I had in the financial services industry, which was to have a third-party uh, person that was a, a set of advisors that were fully charged and able to make these transactions on my own so that I did not have to be involved in any of the decision-making around these financial transactions. And that worked very well in the private sector. It kept us from having to have concerns around insider trading. And that's what I maintained in the Senate. And that has allowed me to be able to work hard for the American people and focus on the things that I came right. here to Washington to do. OK, I understand that. Let me just back up, though, and ask you. So there are t in the set of transactions <clears throat> that have become publicly available, 
there are 29, 27 of them, as we noted, were sell, two were buy. It was a pretty strong market at the time. A lot of people weren't doing what you did. And the stocks that were shed, some of them, not all, I mean, this is a mixed bag to some extent, but some of them were stocks that really got hammered. Um, so I'm just wondering, I'm not accusing you of anything, but I'm wondering again, who made that, who specifically made that decision for you, and on what basis do you think? So Tucker, that would be the financial advisors that uh, are charged with uh, conducting trades in our uh, portfolios, which we don't have a say over. And, you know, I think the most important thing is that uh, I am informed only after those trades are made. I have nothing, uh, you know, in terms of a say in what buys and sells are executed, what that timing is. And I'm only advised after it happens, almost concurrent with the public reporting that we do here. Right. Okay. Well, that, that makes sense. So you, you said you received notice of this. You got the list of the stocks that have been sold and the two that were purchased on February 16th. So not that long after that. So you knew, I mean, wow, they're selling a, they're selling a, lot, of, a lot of equities here. I want to put on, uh, on our screen for our viewers a video that you released after you learned this. And here it is. The good news is the consumer is strong, the economy is strong, jobs are growing. Our president has done a fantastic job making sure that we're in the best position to manage through this situation. <laughs> so I, I wonder, I mean, you, you said you looked at this and you spent all those years in business and you noticed that they're dumping retail, for example. Well, people weren't doing that. I mean, some were, but most weren't. And then you issued a video saying that the economy is totally fine. Do you, in retrospect, think maybe you should have hinted that maybe it's not fine, obviously. I mean, just by your, your portfolio sheet, you know that, right? Well, look, Tucker, this situation has tr dramatically changed in the space of three months. I think none of us could have predicted where we would be today. And I think that's why it's important that I'm not involved in stock transactions. I don't want to have to explain my actions three months ago that I don't need to take if I can. Well, no, 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 no. This wasn't. Oh, hold on. I'm, I'm sorry. With, with respect, this wasn't three months ago. This was a month ago on February 16th or 17th when you received this sheet. Did it trip any bells for you? I mean, you can read a balance sheet. Obviously, it's what. <laughs> and then... Until recently, did you think maybe this portends something ominous for the economy? Did that thought? Cross your mind. Tucker, this is... Come on. They're tampering with my... Come on, man. It's kind of normal course for managing portfolios. Some some months you have buys okay. and sells. Some months you have buys. Some months you have sells. I trust the professionals that manage our portfolio. I don't get involved there. I don't have a say. I don't want to have a say. I want to focus right. on my work for Georgians. We well, should we... be talking about coronavirus not... right now. I, I get it. I get it. Well, then, and I'm, and I'm not, again, I'm not accusing you of, of executing the trades yourself. It sounds like you didn't, and I don't, you know, I'm not saying that you did. I'm just wondering about the broader question of assuring the public that the economy is fine and coronavirus can be managed when, of course, given your position, you know that that's not true. So that's, I'm asking that's you why not you did true, that. Tucker, that's not true, Tucker. We just had okay. unemployment reports that were strong. In fact, uh, January unemployment. 80,000 uh, additional workers were added to the payrolls once February was reported. So we've created like 600,000 jobs this year. We have very strong right. numbers. And heading into March, none of us knew where we would stand on March 20th. We are where we are today. We need to turn our focus to the American people. People are hurting. They're wondering about their jobs, what's happening to their family. 30 right. million kids are out of school. Five to seven million waiters, waitresses, line chefs are out of work. We oh, need I'm, to find oh, I'm very aware. No, no, we problem. do shows on, absolutely. We do shows on it every night, and we share your concern 100%. 
Um, so your colleague, Richard Berg, do you think that he should be indicted for what he apparently did? Of course, it would be illegal to use information he obtained in the Senate to profit. He clearly did that. Should he be indicted for it? Should he resign? Look, Tucker, I've been in the Senate 11 weeks. I spent a lot of time right? in advance getting my own situation set before I came to the Senate. I didn't advise my colleagues on how they manage their financial situations. I don't know what his mm -hmm. situation is. I can't speak for him and I won't speak for him. I think he's been very forthcoming in terms of saying that he's willing to step in front of the Senate Ethics Committee and I applaud that. Well, no, but I'm not asking you to give him financial advice, uh, obviously, or to tell him what he should do next. I'm just wondering what you think should happen next. Do you think that Given what we know, and he has conceded that he made these trades himself at exactly the same time that he was assuring the public everything was fine. He lied. And you believe that going before the Senate Ethics Committee, I've been in Washington my whole life. I'm not even sure what that is. Um, I know that nothing happens there. You think that's an adequate response? Look, Tucker, I don't know what Senator Byrd knew or knows. I can't predict what his state of mind uh, will be in front of the Senate Ethics Committee what it was when he made decisions about those trades, what information he had. I know that you know many of our uh, briefings were instantly out on Twitter. As soon as I walked out of the meeting, these were called closed meetings. They weren't classified. They were closed. But as soon as I right. got out, the information was already on Twitter. It was in the public domain. Right. Well, but here you have, and again, you don't need to speak for Richard Burr, but I just want to be clear for our audience, and I, I wouldn't ask you to, but he was he wrote an op-ed on our website saying you know everything we're, we're good to go everything's fine you know we're in good shape and then he gives this speech comparing coronavirus to the spanish flu epidemic of 1918 that killed up to 100 million people so you have to think there's a massive disconnect between what he's saying in public and what he privately believes is that a problem if if there are leaders on all sides and i would say the same by the way of diane feinstein who behaved disgracefully as well i mean is that a problem do you think well, Tucker, it comes down to the timeline. This is a fast-moving situation, and you know I think we have to lay it out and say, you know, what did we know and when, and what did you say and when? And it, none of us believe right. today what we believed on February 1st. February 1st, we were locked into impeachment. We were heading into the State of the Union. We were having the prayer breakfast. There were a million things going on in right. Washington. No one was locked down uh, other than President Trump had rightly said that we need to seal off the border from flights coming in from China because there were 24 deaths in the Wuhan province. Amen. And I'm glad that he did that. I got um, a briefing from, or I had a long conversation, closed our conversation with a, with a government official, very well, very well informed government official on February 3rd. I checked my date book on it. And he said to me, you know, millions of people ultimately could die of this. And we went immediately on the air that night. I didn't say that I had spoken to someone about it, but we reported the substance of it, which is scary as hell. No one's paying attention. So, I mean, it was it was out there. And I guess it doesn't doesn't help anybody to like sort of point fingers retroactively. But you, you want to think that your leaders are putting your interests before theirs. And, and I wonder if that's always happening. Well, I think with President Trump at the helm, they, he is, and, and our leaders are. You can see Dr. Fauci. You can see all the health care leaders, uh, the economic leaders. They're putting us first. Um, Senator Burr has stepped forward and said he'd be willing to step into the Senate ethics process. And I think that's all we can do is go for that from there. Right. Okay. I was just ask one last question. Have you heard today, I mean, it's, 
I'm just, this is an editorial comment, but I can't control myself. It's hard to believe that Richard Burr, and I, and I agree with him on most po political issues, so it's not like I've, I've got political bias here at all. Um, but do you think he can keep his Senate seat after this? I mean, what message would that send to the country? Look, Tucker, I'm a political outsider. I'm here working right. to try to solve for coronavirus. I can't predict where political uh, outcomes may evolve to, but I'm just telling you right now, I'm focused on working for the Georgia um, the state of Georgia for the American people and making sure that we solve the okay. coronavirus and letting this play out in the in the proper venue. Okay. Well, I appreciate it, and I'm and I'm I really do want government to be solved on focus on solving this. So I, I appreciate that, Senator. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. Thank you, Tucker. Okay. Uh, okay. There you go, folks. Uh, and that was Tucker Carlson. Uh, apparently, there was five people, five of the senators who were moving their stocks around. Uh, during the pandemic, which is a crime, folks. And let's talk about the uh, Stock Act. The Stock Act is uh, called the Stop Trading on Congressional Knowledge Knowledge Stock Act, published L-12-105, S-2038, 126 STAT-291, enacted on April 4, 2012, is an act of Congress designed to combat insider insider trading. It was signed into law by President Barack Obama on April 4, 2012. The law prohibits the use of non-public information for private profit, including insider trading by members of Congress and other government employees. It confirms changes to the Commodity Exchange Act, specifies reporting intervals for financial transactions. After a 60 minutes after a 60 minutes segment on congressional insider trading in 2011, Republican Senator Scott Brown and Democrat Senator Christian Gillibrand introduced bills to combat the practice. In February 2012, the Stock Act passed in the Senate by 96 to 3 vote. The only no votes were Senator Jeff Bing Bingham, Richard Burr, and Tom Corbin. Later, the House of Representatives passed it by 417 to 2 vote. The bill was supported heavily by vulnerable incumbents and signed into law by President Obama. According to the current United States Senate Select Committee on Ethics, a member office a member officer employee of the Senate shall not receive any compensation, nor shall he permit any compensation to accrue to his beneficial interest from any source. The receipt of accrual of which would occur by virtue or influence improperly exerted from his position as a member officer or employee. Okay, and that's the that's the act. That's the law, folks. So it's going to be interesting, folks. But you, you, we're still we're still missing. According to Richard Lighthouse. Uh, there is thousands and there's trillions of dollars missing uh, from from the uh, from the, the White House, from the Pentagon. And they don't know where this money's gone. OK, and they've done studies on this. But I mean, is, is, is it being used to buy these satellite weapons to attack us? I mean, that's a crime, folks. OK, we look forward for more information. Thank you for your time.